0: Well, good morning, church, and hello to all of you who are worshiping with us online at the West Campus, South Campus, Converge. Uh, we love you, thank you for joining with us. Today is a special day, uh, not only because we've commissioned our elder and our deacons uh, into the new service that God has for them this next season, but we are going to look forward to the new year. And how many of us are looking forward to getting away from 2020? Yeehaw! yeah. Yeah, it's great. We want, we want to look forward. And I, I love that. Windshields are bigger than rearview mirrors because we're supposed to look forward. We're not, we're not made to dwell on the past. We're not made to dwell on what is behind us. Certainly can learn from what's behind us, but we want to focus on what is ahead. But in order to focus on what is ahead, it's helpful to know where you are. When I was in College, my roommate and I, because most college students uh, like to sleep in later, they like to stay up later, sleep in later, and so my roommate and I decided that we were going to uh, let as little light in as possible into our room and so we put tin foil on the windows, then I think behind that was a cardboard box uh, that was uh, unfolded that was put up there. Then we had blackout shades and curtains we didn 't want any light coming into that room. We We wanted it as cave-like as possible so that we could sleep as late as we we wanted. And so we put all that stuff up. But then the time came, and it worked out great. Time came to move out uh, of that apartment, and you start taking away those layers. And let me tell you, that room was not pretty No girl would have wanted to walk into that room. When he started peeling away those layers and light started coming into the room, you could see hair on the floor. You could see uh, cracks in in the walls. You could see dirt and grime all around the light switch where we had turned on the light. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Guys are like, yeah, what's the big deal? (laughs) So? But you could tell that this was not the way that this room should have been. It showed some areas that needed to improve. And if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we have some areas that we need to improve, but it's also proved what is most important. And that's family. Family is what is most important to all of us. Thank many of you for uh, sending your emails and texts, or even in conversations you guys ask, you know, Cody, how, how are you guys doing? And I say our family is healthy and usually relatively happy. You know, happiness comes and goes, but healthy, praise God. That's, that's what matters most. And I think that's what's happened during this time is we've had a lot of layers that have been pulled away that we've had in our lives that have made us feel really comfortable. We've had layers pulled away, whether it's a job, whether it's a career, whether it's finances, sports, school, vacations, all of these layers that we had up that made us feel really comfortable and they've all been stripped away. And now the light is beaming in and it's pointing to areas that we need to improve but also the areas that are most important. And that's our family. And so this next year, our Vision 2021 which will obviously start now because our ministry year starts now, is we are going to be family-focused this next year. We are gonna be laser-focused on the family. And it's three different areas of the family that I want to talk about that we're gonna be focusing on as a church this next year. We're gonna focus on the nuclear family, then we're gonna focus on the Christ Chapel family, and then we're gonna focus on the family of faith at large, So if you have your sermon notes, I would love for you to pull those out because we'll start here with the nuclear family, how we're going to focus on the family, those areas that we know that need improvement, but the area that is most important. So the first thing that we're going to do is we need to equip the nuclear family to defend the faith inside the home. Equip the nuclear family to defend the faith inside the home. Uh, You know this, and we talked about this in uh, the September 6th sermon, that the family is an institution that God has ordained that benefits humankind, that benefits us. And we need to have healthy families because the family, the nuclear family, biblically defined, is under attack in our world. It's trying to be redefined through legislation and it's trying to be desensitized to what it actually means, even through commercials that we watch. I I was watching, I had a football game on last weekend and some of the commercials that were on and the questions that I was fielding from Dax are scary. And you're like, well, this is a commercial in the middle of a football game. It's crazy. Our family is under attack and it's time for us as heads of household to step up and start taking control and defending the faith inside our nuclear families. I was reminded of what Joshua said in Joshua uh, chapter 24. Remember, Joshua has been charged to go into this foreign land and to conquer that land, but to not leave any idols whatsoever. And he, he has to turn to the people and he says, hey, don't take any of these idols as your own. It was God who led us to this promised land, God who led us to this good place. And so don't start adopting these things that that these foreign people say that is okay to worship. Don't start changing your definition of God. And he says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. And he goes on at the very end of chapter 15. He makes this charge to everybody. And he says, because as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And it's time for moms and dads to stand up and start saying, as for me and my household, we're gonna serve the Lord. And we're gonna be intentional about it and we are gonna be uh, proclamational about it. We're gonna declare it. That's what we need to start doing as a nuclear family. So here's how we're gonna do that as a Christ Chapel family. First, we're gonna focus on individual mental health because we begins with me. We need to focus on everybody's individual mental health because we begins with me. Even in Joshua, even even in that Joshua 24, remember what he says there? He says, as for me and my household. He started with him, him, himself first. He says, that's for me and my house. That's why we need to focus on your individual mental health because, man, it has been strained. I know that and I can tell you that anecdotally from, from stories that, that I've had with different conversations and things. But let me just tell you a, a statistic uh, as of late. This is of, from the CDC that 40, over 40% has had at least, of, of, our, of the United States, have had at least one adverse mental health effect due to COVID, at least that, that they've admitted to, that they've said, yes, this has caused me anxiety or this has caused me fear, this has caused me to fall into depression or, or anything like that. So 40% of people are admitting that and maybe only admitting that after six months. Over 30% said it's anxiety and depression. 13% of, of those folks said that they started or increased substance abuse during this time just to cope with what is going on. Now, now do you see how that ripple effect goes out to the nuclear family? This is why we've got to start with me. Start with your individual health. It's crazy. Suicide in the last 30 days, 25% of folks 18 to 24 have considered suicide in the last 30 days. A quarter of our young adults have considered it. That is scary stuff. And 21% of essential workers have considered it in the past 30 days. That's some some sobering facts. It's as large as that, it's it's as small as as this. Uh, The New York Times just came out with an article. They said that dentists are dealing with an epidemic of cracked teeth. And I, I asked a dentist buddy who lives out in Parker County, I asked him, "Have you seen that?" He was like, "Actually, I have, because people are so stressed out, they're grinding their teeth at night, and therefore cracking their teeth, and they're coming in." He was like, "It's crazy how this is happening. This is having an effect on all of us, and we've got to. This is this is even having a small effect on, on my own family. The other morning, I get up before anybody else does and try to read the Word and exercise before anybody else gets up." and I had just finished exercising. I was walking back to the top of the stairs and our four year old's room is right at the top of our, uh, the flight of stairs. And his door started to open uh, when I, as soon as I got to the top flight of the stairs. And if you know our four year old, I call him Hazy Crazy, Mr. Hayes, um, he has crazy hair and it's all matted and just nuts. And he opens his door and I just stick out my hand to give him five. Like, I don't say anything to him. This is, this, is, this is first interaction in the morning. And I just stick out my hand to give him five. And he looks down at my hand, looks up at me, and he goes, Dad, you're fired. And then he walked down, walked down the stairs. I'm like, I got fired? And I didn't even start the day with him. This is affecting even our, even our young kids. So we've gotta focus on individual mental health. So here's how we're gonna do it. Uh, at the beginning, uh, in the new year, we're gonna do a mental health series where we can focus on some of these areas of anger, uh, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, all of those things. Second, I'd love for you to take one soul care class that is online that is based on emotions, relationships, or even finances, Some of the things that are stressing us out may not just be emotions. It might have a trigger of finances. Maybe you're going through financial hardship right now. That's not going to help your mental health. And so we've got to focus on that. So we have those classes online for you right now. And then beginning October 1st, we're going to do a Bible reading plan together where we as a church are going to read through the Psalms. And it's going to be about six months. It's going to take us to Easter. But it's going to keep our minds set on the Lord. Because here's why. I keep, I keep thinking of Isaiah 26 verse 3. It says that the Lord keeps in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast on him because he trusts in him. That if, if we want to be at perfect peace, then we've got to continue to set our mind on him and do it in a steadfast way. And so we as a church are gonna read through the Psalms to keep our eyes focused on him. So we're gonna equip the nuclear family first by focusing on individual mental health. Second, by strengthening marriages through intentional time, conversations, and prayer as a couple. We're gonna equip you by helping to strengthen your marriage. Uh, the, The studies that I'm reading right now that are going on about marriage they are likening what, what couples are facing and how they're relating to one another of what they've gone through. They're relating it to people who have been through either a natural disaster or a terrorist attack. That's the effect that is, that is going on and is coming between couples of how they react to one another with everything that is going on with this pandemic. And so we've gotta come alongside you and help you. Another study done by the CDC, those statistics I gave you earlier were CDC, uh, said that they expect the filings for divorce to go up by 10 to 25% this fall, based on last fall. Just, Just because of what couples are facing these days. And so we need to step in and help you a couple, so we're gonna do a couple of things on this one. First, we're gonna give you an online survey so that you can survey your marriage. This is not only gonna give you and your spouse an idea about what you guys are going through and where you stand and what you're struggling with, but it's also going to help us. It'll be anonymous, we won't know your name, but it's gonna help us understand what needs you're having and what you're going through so that we can tailor teaching around that so we can speak right to what will help you. Uh, second, we have re-engage. If you haven't heard of re-engage, every couple that I've heard go through re-engage, it's been here at our church for a while, they love it and swear by it. It doesn't matter if, you're, if your marriage is a two or a 10, uh, every couple needs to go through this, and it's a group. it's a group that meets with other couples And you can go online, all of this is available online, and it actually starts this Sunday. So you can go online and sign up for Re-Engage. You need to go through it to help strengthen your marriage. And then third, we're gonna do those date nights. Uh, We're gonna put out some more date nights, but we're gonna add an element to it. Uh, Many of you might remember those date nights where we gave you recipes, uh, we gave you some some game ideas that you could play with your spouse, we gave you playlists and things. Uh, It was great, Jen and I enjoyed it. But one of the things that we're gonna add is we're gonna have a limited amount of childcare for itty-bitties uh, during those times, is what we're planning on, uh, obviously based uh, on what is available that time and appropriate uh, with uh, safety protocols. But we're also gonna add an element of prayer. So don't get nervous, but you can do this. You can pray together, couples. And husbands, I'm gonna challenge you, you're gonna have to step up and take the lead in this one. Because couples who pray together stay together. There's no better way, no easier way to put that. Statistically speaking, those couples that pray together are far more likely to stay together. And so husbands, you're gonna have to take the lead in that. But we're gonna add that element to date night, giving you one thing that you can pray about uh, to end that date night. And then finally, we're gonna equip the nuclear family by training parents to encourage, or to engage with their children on current issues before someone else does. We need to train you parents to engage with your children on current issues before someone else does. I just gave you that example of watching a football game Uh, with Dax and the commercials coming up and I'm not ready or prepared to discuss uh, some of the things that he's seeing on there but that is desensitizing him to consider those things as normal And, and there are things that are just not normal that we need to be equipped as parents to be able to talk to our children about and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put a Parenting on Purpose conference back on. We haven't had one in a few years, but we're gonna to put together that conference. You'll be invited to it. We'll have it online, but we we'll, we'll hope to have it in person as well. But you need, to equip, you need to be equipped to talk to your kids because someone is going to talk to your kids about those things. You know, as I've realized throughout this season, if we're not giving you a biblical perspective of current issues going on in the world, you, then you're gonna get a perspective. The world is gonna give you a perspective. We've got to be intentional about giving you a biblical one. So we are going to uh, train you, not only through this pop conference, but we're gonna put out a hopefully monthly pop trainings, monthly conversations where we can talk through some of these issues to train you to engage with your children on some of these current topics uh, in our world. But before you think this is just about, uh, you know, young parents talking to young kids, uh, I want to talk to the generation that is in between. Because some of you are trying to parent your children, but you're also trying to parent your parents. And And I totally understand that and acknowledge that. And let me talk to you for just a second, those of you who are in between. We are going to put on a Parenting Your Parents conference. We're gonna put on something that will help you engage in those conversations with mom or dad before it's too late. Because sometimes when you need that information, when you need to engage with them, they're not available to give it to you. And so we're gonna put on that training to help you who's in between. So it's not just young parents talking to young kids. We're gonna talk to the in-between generation so they can parent the younger ones and help parent their parents. So we are going to equip the nuclear family to defend the faith inside the home. That's focusing on the nuclear family. Second, we are going to focus on the Christ Chapel family. We are going to extend the Christ Chapel family to reach its God-glorifying potential. We wanna extend the Christ Chapel family to reach its God-glorifying potential. As we've been going through this time, when everything shut down, it was very easy for us to think that ministry was confined to four walls. And I can remember saying from early on that guys, church is not a building, you are the church. The church is a body of believers, it's a living organism, it's active, it's you. You see, church's ministry isn't limited to the ministry that can be done here. The church's ministry is limited to its ministers and you are ministers, every one of you, filled with the Holy Spirit, equipped, empowered and enabled and inspired to go out and serve the king. That's what we've got to do. I want to help you reach your God-glorifying potential. I was reminded of what Paul says in Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 and 21. In this kind of doxological manner, Uh, Paul ends this section in chapter three before he launches into chapter four and he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think and oftentimes we hear that and we think, yeah, God can do more than we can think but don't miss this next part. According to the power that's at work within us, God wants to do more with you His power is at work within you. I just wanna help unleash that potential. Why? So to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations forever and ever, amen. God's spirit is at work in you and he can do in and through you more than you could ask or imagine. I just wanna help you reach that potential. That's what we wanna help do as elders and staff is help unlock that potential in you to not believe in yourself, but to believe in Jesus and what he's transforming your heart to go do in this world, to make a difference for him, for his glory throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And so in order to extend that, to help you reach your God-glorifying potential, the first thing that we're gonna do is we are gonna develop lay leaders that can spearhead God's movement in our community. There is no way that our church can hire enough people to do the ministry in the world. (laughs) You You know that logically. There is no way we can hire everyone. That's why the people that we hire need to be equippers. It's our call to do Ephesians 4.12, which comes right after that. Ephesians 4.12 says that, that God gives some gifts to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Our job is to be equippers. Your job is to go and do the ministry. Because if all of us got engaged in ministry, then what an impact that would be. And so we need to help develop you. And so we are gonna launch a lay leadership uh, development initiative. There's gonna be an app that we're going to launch here this fall that will show you how that progression works and all those kind of things, but it's gonna be really easy. And here's how it's it's gonna happen. It's all gonna be based on the context of relationship. You walking with someone else. It's really simple. You walking with someone else and talking with one another about some questions that we'll have on there consistently so that you can encourage one another to do the work of the ministry together. When Jesus sent out his disciples, did he send them out one by one? Not rhetorical. Did he send them out one by one? No, he sent them out two by two. And so we want to equip you to walk alongside someone to equip them to do the ministry. All the the discipleship that we see throughout the Bible is all one-on-one. It's all two people together. It's one-on-one. We want to equip you to do that. And so that's how we're going to launch this with with the great dream that if all of us got engaged in ministry, what effect could that have in our community? If all of us took this seriously, that in and through us, according to the power at work with us, within us, that God could do more than we could ask or imagine, that would rock our world. What, I mean we were reading, Our elders just read a book actually, before all this stuff started, and one of the pastors says, "All the people you need to do the work of the ministry are in your pews." It's true. What, what if? we never hired from the outside again? What if we never needed to do that? Because we had so many lay folks engaged in the ministry, exercising your God-given gift, that we rocked this world for him. That's my dream, I would love to see it. My, My biggest fear, I'm just telling you, my biggest fear is the loss of potential is to leave stuff on the cutting floor. I don't wanna see that in you, I don't wanna see that in me, I don't wanna see that in our church. I wanna encourage you to go further, faster with Jesus, to do more for him than we could ever ask or imagine. So that's what we're gonna do with this lay leadership uh, development pathway. One of the ways that you can uh, get those gifts engaged is creating a home group community is leading one of those home group communities, but we're gonna launch these with a very specific purpose this next year, with the potential for becoming micro-sites. The potential for becoming a micro-site. Now, now just in a home group specifically, everybody that I have heard that is doing well throughout this, this time, this kind of crazy time, they've all been engaged in a home group. They've all been around folks that can encourage them, that can pray for them, that know what's going on in their life, people that they can serve and people that have served and helped and encouraged them. They've been a part of a home group. You need to be a part of a home group. And we're gonna encourage you to get in one specifically as we start our fall series coming up next week called The Movement. You need to be engaged in one of those. But what if we created home group communities that could be microsites, Some of you are like, what in the world is a microsite? It's very simple. A microsite is a group of people that meet together in a home for worship. Very simple. Because one of the things that we've learned through this pandemic is that we have capacity issues. There are only so many people that can fit inside four walls uh, to worship at, at one time. Now, we can do countless services But I say, is that the best thing for the church? What if you launched a microsite in your home where you had your home group meeting and maybe a home group down the street, and you said, let's come together and worship. That is unlimited to how many people we can have worshiping then. Just like the potential that we have in you, there's a potential that we could have unlimited worship services if we met in people's homes. And not only that, that then gives you an opportunity to exercise your spiritual gift and to help lead and to help serve in ways that you might not be able to help in other places. It it enables you to invite your friends and neighbors who might not come into the four walls of a church, but they'll come over to your house. Like, do you you see the potential? I mean, this this is New Testament stuff. This is the book of Acts, but this is what we're going back to. This is is the way God works. This is the way that the church has been sustained throughout history. What if you were a part of leading one of those microsites? I would love to see five new microsites this year under under the jurisdiction of our elder board, but five new microsites that launch out and say, we'll take that on. We'll, We'll do that. We'll start meeting, maybe because of location or geography, wherever you're located, you say, we'll, we'll take on that challenge. We'll start inviting people. We'll start doing it. You know, you, you don't know what God could do. You can't ask or imagine what God can do. But let me just give you a great example of a microsite and what God can do with that. Because that happened at Burleson. Remember Burleson? We've, we've talked about the South Campus. At the South Campus, that started in a home. That started at Ryan and Amanda Richardson's home, and people started meeting there. They invited people to come over to their house and to stream the five o'clock worship service. They did it in 2018 back in the fall, and they, ha- they, they cleared out their living room. They had people uh, come, in, come in there and sit in the chairs and, and worship. We sent different pastors down there every once in a while just to encourage them and to love on them. They did children's ministry in the garage They had 50 to 70 people end up coming during the fall. So many so that we said, we need to have a a Christmas Eve service. They had their first worship service in Burleson Centennial High School, and they had 220 people show up to Christmas Eve service. First worship service. So then we started meeting in Burleson Centennial High School, but then that shut down. We could no longer meet there. And so they said, okay, we'll go into the depot, which was, it, it is effectively the South Campus offices. It's where they have uh, men's ministry and women's ministry, but now they're worshiping there. And you can't fit that many folks in that, that worship space. And so they're running now three services on a Sunday to accommodate all the folks. But this is what God can do with the microsite. That God can grow it. He can do more than you could ask or imagine. Would you just say yes? Just say yes. Say yes, God, I I will follow you if he has that calling on your life. Because God did great things at the South Campus and he's doing so many wonderful things that we've got to continue to support that campus. So part of that journey is that I, I announced this on Janu- January 12th, 2020, that our elders had purchased a piece of property down south to, Lord willing, build a permanent campus on for the south campus because we, they just don't have capacity to meet. Well, I have the privilege of announcing to you today that we are going to build a permanent home for Christ's influence to continue at our south campus. It's super exciting, yeah, and definitely clap for that. They are re- I know they're very excited down at the South Campus, and we love you and excited for what God is doing there, but we get to step into that to build them a permanent home to extend Christ's influence in, in uh, Johnson County. I have some wonderful pictures to show you. Uh, we've already got the renderings done, so this is, it's kind of an old town look. It'll match what is across the highway, so it'll fit, it'll be part of there. Um, it kind of looks like the Harley-Davidson uh, uh business that's right next door, too, and Hard Eight Barbecue. So it'll kinda of be old town look uh, on the outside. Inside, it's gonna look fantastic uh, there, have seating areas, places for community to happen, but they need a permanent home. They can't keep having those three tiny services in the depot, and so they need a permanent home. And you go, that's great, we need to clap for that. The good news doesn't end there. On March 22nd, I did a sermon here Uh, that we called unprecedented times, unprecedented faith. And I told you that there were gonna be unprecedented opportunities for us to step into uh, ministry opportunities in our world, but here's what it would take. And one of those things that it would take would would be sacrificial giving. That you would need to step up and sacrificially give to, to meet all the needs going on in our world. And I'll tell you folks, you did that in spades. And I'm so thankful for that because you've enabled us to do things like minister in Louisiana like give to shelters that we've given to, like all the wonderful ministries that give overseas, take care of other people. you have done so many wonderful things, but here is what your sacrificial giving has gone to. We are going to be able to start that South Campus in November, and we're gonna be able to basically almost build the whole thing debt free because of your giving this past, yeah, nine months. And so thank you for giving. A significant portion of that we'll be able to build. You know we're debt-free, and so uh, we've got to continue to raise funds. I know you're going to want to be a part of that, and you can begin to, to give to that now if you'd like. There's a place on the website that you can be a part of it financially, but you'll hear more about it uh, at the end of the year, but because we want you to play a part not only to raise funds, but to raise faith. And your faith was raised this past few months. And God has spoken clearly, and we're excited to move forward with what God is doing at the Burleson campus there at the South Campus. And then finally, uh, we need to engage the family of faith. We need to engage the family of faith to support God's good work in our world. I, in no way, think that we, Christ Chapel, have cornered the market when it comes to church. And we have fantastic ministry partners that are doing awesome things in our world and we need to continue to support them. And as we talk about unleashing your potential, there might be areas that you need to serve uh, in our world. We've got to focus on that family of faith to continue to support those. And even through your financial giving, you helped uh, keep a lot of those ministries afloat whose donations went down during that time. But through your giving, we were able to uh, keep, keep going and keep sustaining that wonderful ministry. And so the first thing that we're gonna do to engage that family of faith is deploy leaders to use their spiritual gifts through coordinated service in our community. We need to deploy you as leaders to use your spiritual gift. We have many, uh, I've, I've told you, the impact that I think we're gonna have in our community is a three-pronged approach. It's strategic partnerships, coordinated service, and organic relationships. We have wonderful strategic partnerships, but we need coordinated service, and that's where you come in. And through, those co- through that coordinated service, we can build organic relationships. Those organic relationships are going to help healing, restoration, reconciliation, all of those things that we would all love to see in our communities. But it comes through coordinated service with strategic partnerships. And so we've got to know where to help plug you in. And so another thing that we're going to ask you to do is not only the lay leadership development. We're going to ask you to take an online assessment. This is it's called Call to Action and it's going to assess your spiritual gifts and help you understand how God has wired you to serve in his kingdom and then we're going to help hopefully give you some, some options, some placement options of where you can step in and begin to make a difference in our community. So I'm gonna ask you to take that online class called Called to Action. And then finally, we're gonna partner with those overseas through prayer to see God move in mighty ways. You know, one of the things I've loved about us focusing on, uh, strategically focusing on overseas throughout this pandemic is it keeps in my mind that God is bigger. He's not just my God, and I'm thankful for that. That God is big enough that he's moving in the world, and he moves in other people's lives, and he changes other people's lives, and he heals other people's lives. He does wonderful, wonderful things. We need to continue to remember that our God is big so that our God doesn't get too small. And One of the ways we can do that is engaging with our ministry partners in prayer. So we're gonna do a thing called Four Corners Conversations where once a month we're gonna partner with one of our ministry partners overseas and we're gonna invite you onto a Zoom call where you can, we're gonna listen to stories about what's going on in their ministry, but we're gonna give you an opportunity to ask questions of that ministry partner, what's going on, how can we pray, and then we're gonna spend the last uh, part of that conversation Praying for our ministry partner and even give you an opportunity to give to them if you'd like to, if you're so compelled and moved by what God is doing in and through them during that time. So, we're going to have four corner conversations with our ministry partners overseas during this time. So, that's our vision for 2021. We are going to be family focused. Because when all of the layers have been stripped away in our world, it has shined a light not only on areas of improvement, but on areas that need our utmost attention. The things that are most important to us, and that's family. Nuclear family, Christ Chapel family, and the family of faith. Uh, as, my, uh, as one of the, the old people back in the day, if you've watched uh, Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox, you know who he is. Michael J. Fox says, uh, family isn't important, It's everything. Family's everything. And so we're gonna kick off this vision at each of our campuses with an an old-fashioned ice cream social today. And so we're gonna get together and we're gonna have ice cream uh, this afternoon at each of the the places. We're gonna have ice cream trucks. It's gonna be served in a very uh, healthy, uh, health-conscious way. The calories are still there. But, um, you know, it'll be clean and, and sanitary But we're gonna serve ice cream. We're gonna have games. We're gonna have uh, photo opportunities. It'll be a lot of fun where we can come together as a Christ Chapel family, where you can bring your nuclear family because we are in this together and we're gonna get through this together. God is gonna be glorified through his family. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for what you are doing in our family, in our Christ Chapel family. I'm thankful that you can't be stopped, that you're going to continue to move in a mighty way. And as we focus on these things, Lord, that you are going to, uh, Lord, Lord, would you just enable them so that you get the glory, that you get the praise. You unlock and unleash the potential in our nuclear families, in our family of faith, in our Christ Chapel family, so that for all the generations to come, we would say in 2021, you did more than we could even ask or imagine. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.